Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And it's time for the annual year-end retirement and tax planning episode. Hard to believe. It's kind of been a tradition for the last several years on the podcast. Talking about the most common retirement and personal year-end tax planning tips that we all can do to maximize our tax savings and hopefully reduce our taxable income. So I'm going to start with the retirement angle and then move into the more popular personal tax strategies that we can all employ uh, for uh, 2021, which is coming to an end. Hard to believe. It's been a pretty quick year, pretty crazy year. Uh, hopefully we are uh, getting around COVID, even though <laughs> parts of the world don't want it to go away. Uh, hopefully, you know, in America, we are moving past it and we all can get back to <coughs> our, our life at some point uh, being normal again. I'm tired of canceling trips and, you know, wearing masks on planes and hopefully all that ends soon. But 2021 is coming to an end. So um, before I get started, I just want to wish everyone a happy, healthy holiday season. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season with um, your loved ones. So let's start with the retirement account strategies. So obviously the first is IRAs. Set up an IRA. You actually have until April 15th, 2022 for the 2021 year. It's 6,000 <coughs> if you're under 50, 7,000 if you're over 50. You can do that in obviously pre-tax. If you do a pre-tax IRA contribution, then you get a tax deduction, right? Now, not everyone can make tax deductible IRA contributions. If you have access to an employee plan at work, there are limitations on how much you can actually, or there are limitations on whether you're even able to make a contribution to an IRA tax deductible based off your compensation. So it's not, unfortunately, people just think that, oh, I want to make an IRA contribution and I can get a taxable deduction for it. And unfortunately, it's not the case. If you have access to a retirement account at work, you may not be able to do it. There's income limitations. If you're single, it's um, 66,000. Once you make over 66K, you can't do a pre-tax IRA as well. Um, if you are married, filed jointly, the number is 125 for 2021. So if you make over 125 grand, you have access to an employer plan at work. You cannot do a pre-tax um, <coughs> IRA contribution, uh, unfortunately. So just something to be um, cautious of now you can still do an after-tax IRA contribution, but we'll see in a second that uh, that may not be around next year because of the potential for the elimination of the backdoor Roth IRA uh, based off the Build Back Better Act that is expected to be signed by the president um, this year. So just something to keep in mind. Now, Roth IRAs, 
Not everyone can set up a Roth IRA in 2021. If you make more than 208,000 married file jointly, you're not allowed to do a Roth IRA. However, you can do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, which allows you to make an after-tax IRA contribution and then immediately convert it to Roth. That, as I mentioned, is still available for 2021, so you may want to take advantage over the next few weeks because if you make more than 208, it's actually 214 next year, you may not ever be able to do Roth IRA contributions again thanks to the Build Back Better Act, which seeks to limit the amount of people that <coughs> can make Roth um, IRA contributions. So again, something to um, keep in mind. Generally, um, you have until April 15th to do it, but because of the Build Back Better Act, you may uh, not be able to do it going forward in 2022. So just be cautious about that. Um, the House already passed the Build Back Better Act with the uh, backdoor Roth IRA elimination provision in it. So it's expected that the Senate and, and the President will sign that into law, even though if you've listened to um, past podcasts, you know my position on that, where it's really um, silly. It's, it's reverting an old law and bringing it back, which um, ultimately is going to allow less people to save in a Roth. It's not going to really impact rich people because rich people don't care about six or seven thousand bucks in a Roth. They it's just immaterial to them. But, you know, you and I do. Uh, we're hardworking Americans. We want to put away as much as we can for our families down the road. And that extra six grand a year adds up to us, not to Elon Musk, but it, it does make a difference to us. And unfortunately, um, the, um, you know, the Ways and Means and, and Senate Finance Committee um, just think mis, mis um, analyzed or, or really misjudged the, the scope and intent of this provision. So it is what it is, but <coughs> excuse me again, we uh, have to live with it. So there you go. Retirement contributions, you have until April 15th, but for backdoor Roth IRA, get it done before 1231. SEP IRAs, 58,000 58, if you have a business, um, profit sharing contribution, max 58K, that can be done until you file your tax return. So you have some time. Solo 401ks. If you want to set up a solo K in 2021 for the 2021 taxable year, you have until 1231. Yes, you can set one up in 2022 for the 21 taxable year, but you will not be able to make employee contributions to that plan. All you'll be able to do is employer profit sharing contributions, which is essentially SEP IRA contributions. 20% if you're self-employed, single member LLC, sole proprietor, 25% if you are a W-2, up to a max of 58,000. The solo K has a catch-up that allows you to go to 64,500 if you are over 50. So if you set up a solo K in 2021, you make 100K and you're 45 years old, sole proprietor, you can do 19,500 dollar for dollar, plus 20% of 100, giving you 39,500. But if you set that plan up in January 2022, because you got lazy, for the 2021 taxable year, you will not be able to do the 19,500 employee deferral. You'll be simply relegated to do the employer profit sharing contribution, which is just 20% or 20,000 bucks. So if you are interested in doing a solo, you know, get off and do it, um, get moving because you got a couple weeks and it will allow you to do that employee deferral, which is 19,500 or 26,000 for um, those over 50. Um, which obviously, <coughs> why, why lose that? That's that's extra deductible uh, contributions you can make. Employee deferrals can be made in pre-tax or Roth, but if you do it in pre-tax, clearly you're going to get a deduction. 
Um, same with defined benefit plans. If you are self-employed or have a small business, and you're looking to put away, you know, sixty-five thousand plus. Um, you may have some time to do a defined benefit plan as well um, with a combo 401k to, to maximize your contributions. Those are a little bit different than solos. Um, they have uh, more of a uh, commitment. You got to really commit to doing it three to five years. And those are only for small businesses that are seeking to save or seek deductions, I would say above 100,000 bucks. So um, that, that's something to keep in mind as well. The mega backdoor Roth 401k, which I've <laughs> spoke about uh, in, in connection uh, with the backdoor Roth IRA and the Build Back Better Act, um, also has a provision in there to stop the mega backdoor Roth 401k, which allows small businesses to contribute into after tax and then immediately convert to Roth 401k or Roth IRA up to $58,000 or $64,500 dollar for dollar. It's really, you know, the best Roth um, retirement strategy out there. Unfortunately, the Build Back Better Act seeks to eliminate it. Um, again, it's kind of the same uh, thoughts behind the, the back the Roth IRA. They're just trying to limit uh, ability to um, get more funds in a Roth. Senator Wyden of Oregon <coughs> just has a big um, issue with Roths. He thinks they're um, abusive and rich people are using it to abuse the tax system, even though the numbers clearly don't bear that out. But unfortunately, you know, he's in charge and, and I'm not. So that's in the bill. And uh, who's that going to hurt? That's going to hurt small business owners because who sets up solo case, right? Elon Musk doesn't set up a solo case. He's got 30, 40,000 employees. Small businesses do. Sole practitioner, lawyers, accountants, architects, consultants, small businesses. Why? Because you need to have a business with no full-time employees other than the owners. If you have a business like Tesla or Apple or um, Google, they're not going to be able to offer their employees or allow their employees to do the mega backdoor Roth, even if the provision's in the plan, because it will fail the ACP test under ERISA. Um, so even though the options there generally will not be permitted to be made, and in fact, the money will generally be returned to the participant because of the failure of the um, ERISA test. So the mega backdoor Roth 401k is really for the self-employed. And unfortunately, <coughs> they are <coughs> at least going to stop uh, small businesses' ability to, owners at least, to, to make these contributions, which is too bad. So um, it is what it is. If you're over 72, you can make um, charitable contributions up to 100K and use that as part of your RMD to satisfy your RMD. So th that's, that's another little option that you can use. Um, so one, one other thing to keep in mind. Uh, also, don't forget RMDs. If you um, are 72 years old, 72 years old, um, you got to make the RMD by 1231. If it's your first RMD, you can do it as, as late as April 1st. If you hit 70 and a half before 2020, your RMD kicked in at that point. But if you reach the age uh, in 2020 or later, you have until 72 years old. So again, if you're over 72 after 2020, you got to do your first RMD by April first, but after that, it's by 1231. The value is based off the previous year. It's generally about 3% of the value of your retirement account. The only accounts that do not have to do an RMD are Roths, Roth IRAs. Roth 401ks do, but you can get around it by just rolling those funds into a Roth IRA prior to 1231. Um, IRAs, 401ks have to do separate RMD calculations. <coughs> all your IRAs are aggregated, aggregated, all your 401ks are aggregated, but you'd have to do two 
separate RMDs and generally about 3%. The idea is, you know, eventually you'll, you'll um, have that re retirement account uh, reduced to nil um, if you live long enough or, or your, your heirs will eventually have to take the RMDs um, uh, on death. So uh, just so I'm going to keep in mind, if you forget to do it, the penalties are pretty steep. If you don't make the RMDs, you can face 50% penalty of what you were required to take. So take your RMDs, take them into income. You can then actually make Roth contributions with them or you know, just enjoy your life with them. But um, remember, Roth IRA contributions have no income. Uh, well, they have income limits, but they don't have any age limit. So if you're over 72 and you have make less than 208 or 214 next year, you can take your RMD and dump the money into a Roth IRA if you wish, or you can just use it and do something else with it. Um, that's kind of it for the retirement world. Those are the biggies. Let's go into the personal tax strategies. And I'm going to kind of go through these pretty quick. Um, it's something you should definitely chat with your tax uh, professional, your accountant, <coughs> your tax advisor to see where you fit. But generally, it comes down to two buckets, standard deduction versus itemized deductions. Who does standard? Standard deduction, everyone gets a standard deduction, which is 12550 in 2021 or 20 um 5,100 um, if you're married filed jointly. If you are head of household, it's uh, 18,800. So that means if you don't have deductions above the 25,1 or the 12,5,5, oh, then you're just gonna take the standard deduction. They're giving it to you, it's like a free gift. But if you have above those figures, then you're gonna wanna itemize, right? Obviously you'd wanna itemize if you have more deductions because you can thus reduce your taxable income. And your accountant will obviously steer you in the right direction. But what are some of the popular itemized deductions to keep in mind? Number one, property taxes. Number two, mortgage interest, right? Not the principal, but when you're paying down your mortgage, the interest is tax deductible. Mortgage interest insurance premiums are also tax deductible as itemized deductions. State taxes, <coughs> but up to 10K, the SALT deduction. The Democrats are working tirelessly to try to expand or increase that number. There's a chance it gets put into the Build Back Better Act. Not a guarantee, but a chance. The Dem, especially in New York and California, are really fighting for this because <coughs> um, many, many taxpayers in those states have high property taxes or state taxes, um, and they're capped at the 10K, which is you know, hurting them. Um, there are some workarounds, like in New York, some states, Wisconsin, they'll let you, um, at least as a pass-through business, treat some of the pass-through business. Instead of treating it as a pass-through business, they'll tax it and thus treat that as taxable income, which is kind of akin to personal taxes and allow you to um, use those to uh, as a tax deduction to offset your limitation on the state tax deduction. What's going on? They don't want people leaving New York, right? They don't want people leaving New York because if you leave in other states uh, like Florida, there's no state tax. You don't have to worry about the cap. The ironic part is who pays the state taxes? Rich people. And you know the whole idea of the Build Back Better Act was to help, well, really to like punish rich people, right? They, they did that with the backdoor Roth IRA, the backdoor Roth 401k. We saw these on some other related provisions, the, the cap on $10 million cap on retirement accounts, even though it won't kick in until 2028. It's been the whole push to you know, punish rich people, make them pay their fair share. But here on the flip side, they're allowing and they wanna help rich people by uh, increasing the state tax deduction. Why? Because it's about votes. We all know that, right? People in Congress in New York and California, they want votes, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. So they're going to do what their voters want them to do, which in this case is increase the SALT deduction. So just a game of politics, uh, nothing more than that. 
Charitable deductions is actually a carryover from COVID. You can actually, if you, irrespective of income, you can actually, if you have the cash, put 100% of your adjusted gross income and reduce it to zero by making eligible cash contributions. So if you got the cash and you want to reduce your taxable income to zero, you can make a big charitable contribution. Generally, you're capped um, to like 20 or 60% of your adjusted gross income. But this provision, which was um, originated in 2020, is now carrying over another year because of COVID. So if you have the capacity to do that, it's a nice way to help uh, your community, help a great charity, 501c3 charity. It's a cash contribution, so not a, a contribution of of uh, stock or, or other assets, but a cash contribution, you can reduce your taxable income to zero. But again, you need the cash, which not all of us have. They also expanded the child tax credit, but there's a, um, a carve out or a threshold of 75K or 150 if you file jointly, <coughs> where you will not get this expanded child credit, uh, which goes to 3000 bucks uh, with kids 17 and under for 2021 uh, with an extra 600 bucks for children under six. So you need to have AGI below 75 or 150 if you're married. Medical expenses, if you have medical expenses above the 7.5% of your AGI, you can uh, use those to itemize. Again, the whole idea is to go above that standard deduction so you can reduce your taxable income in greater proportions. Um, also, there's a lifetime learning credit which again is carved out if you make more than 138 married file jointly, 69 single, but you can get a credit up to 2000. Well, the credit actually is up to 10,000 bucks for unlimited number of years. However, the max you can receive as a credit per return is 2000 bucks. And this is for uh, a learning credit for taking classes at community college, university, or other higher education institutions. But you can't claim it if, you, if you're also claiming the American Opportunity Tax Credit, which <coughs> gives you credit for the first four years of higher education. The maximum credit is 2,500 bucks for a student. Um, but again, um, it's a threshold, income threshold of 90,000 if you're single and 180 married filed jointly. So if you make more than that, you're not getting the American Opportunity Tax Credit. If you make less, you can get the tax credit, but you're not gonna be able to also get the lifetime learning credit. Self, this is another really cool thing for the self-employed. Another advantage of being self-employed, other than getting a solo 401k is, <coughs> excuse me, you can deduct 100% of your health insurance premiums that you pay uh, monthly for yourself, your spouse, and dependents if you're self-employed. So another really cool thing. Student loans, the maximum student interest deduction you can use is 2,500, but if you're single with an AGI over 80K or married over 165, you cannot deduct the student loan interest. So another thing to keep in mind. Um, I mentioned charitable giving, which is really cool. You can do up to 100%. Um, harvesting losses. So this is a great time. And, and this could be a factor. Some, some people think why the crypto market kind of dove um, this week past weekend is people are starting to take losses. <clears throat> What's harvesting losses is you start taking losses to reduce the gain. So if you have a lot of long-term capital gains, you want to be able to potentially sell some positions at a loss to reduce the amount of the capital gains. Now, long-term capital gains need to be offset by long-term capital losses. Short-term capital gains under 12 months can only be offset by short-term capital losses, but you can use up to $3,000 of capital losses to offset ordinary income. So everyone should be taking 
<coughs> excuse me again, I'm fighting a um, horrible cough. I'm on, I just finished my like fifth day of the Z pack, so I'm feeling much better, but I still have this lingering cough. So excuse me. So everyone should be taking at least a 3000 capital loss because you can use that to offset ordinary income. So that should be a, a no brainer. You can't go above 3K, but if you have a lot of long-term capital gains from stocks, real estate, um, cryptos, you can now start meshing capital losses to reduce your long-term capital gains. Same with short-term capital gains. But under the wash sale rules, you have 30 days, you can't buy back that same security. So if you took a loss with Apple <coughs> or Amazon, which hasn't been great this year, or um, let's say Bitcoin, because you bought it high and now you're selling it low, you gotta wait, well, not on cryptos yet, but on stocks, you gotta wait 30 days to buy back Apple or Amazon. Cryptos, you still, there's no wash sales apply for 2021. There's a provision in the Build Back Better Act that will seek to um, encompass and bring in cryptos into the wash sale rules, which would then basically force you to, if you bought Bitcoin or Ethereum and sold it at a loss, you'd have to wait 30 more days to buy that actual underlying crypto, Bitcoin or Ethereum, which I mentioned is super unfair where Equities are thousands of publicly traded stocks, right? Thousands, thousands. But for cryptos, there's literally like 20 cryptos that people buy or under five for most people. So you, you lose, you sell Bitcoin at a loss. <coughs> now Bitcoin, you know, keeps dropping. Uh, you can't buy it back for 30 days. Kind of unfair. But they want to include those wash sales because they're worried about harvesting losses, which a lot of crypto traders do where they try to zero out their gains with losses and then just repurchase the cryptos a day later. They want to include wash sale rules, which will require these traders to wait 30 days to get back um, the ability to buy those assets uh, without losing the loss on the front end sale. So that's in the Build Back Better Act. But as of 2021, the wash sale rules do not apply to cryptos. They apply to equities. They do not apply to cryptos. Um, <coughs> other than that, one a couple other things to remember. Um, repay, if you can, if you took a corona-related distribution up to 100K, you have three years to pay it back. So you pay the tax last year, you have three years to pay it back and then get a tax, and then go back and amend your tax return to get some money back for the tax you paid on that COVID distribution. So again, you have three years to do this. If you did take the COVID distribution and pay the tax over three years, then obviously this won't apply. But if you took a COVID distribution, paid the tax last year, because you expect to make the contribution back into the plan within three years, consider doing it this year and then go back, amend your return from last year and get some cash back. Also 529s, or if you do like state uh, educational plans for higher education, don't forget, it's a great time to do it. 2021, you can go up to 75K, 150 if you're married, file jointly. Again, they're not tax deductible, but the income in these plans grow without tax. It's great gifts <coughs> and it's a great way, obviously, to pay for higher education, which keeps getting out of control. Um, I don't know what the hell school costs when my kids are in school in seven, eight years. But I just spoke to someone. This is a really sad story. Um, really sad. I spoke to this gentleman. Um, his kid is a scholar, freaking superstar. He's also a great baseball player. He got into Yale, okay? So that tells you about this kid. Got into Yale. The problem is Yale wouldn't give him a scholarship for baseball, and this gentleman just, you know, he, he does well, but he just doesn't have $80,000 a year after tax to pay for school, and Yale wasn't really gonna give him anything. And he has two other kids, which he needs to obviously save for 
So I ended up going to a school of a lesser statute that was half the price that was going to give him a little bit of money. But how sad is this? This superstar kid, superstar, athlete and scholar, straight A student, killed it on the SATs, cannot go to Yale because he can't afford it. What does that say about the future of our country? You know, we're competing with China. We're competing with Europe. We're competing with Canada. Other countries where education is much cheaper, where their stars are able to succeed. They're able to prosper because they're being challenged and they're being put in the right educational environments. Our stars are not able to do so in some cases because they're not rich. That's wrong. Um, schools should not be 80,000 bucks. I went to college, I went to law school, I even did an extra master's. It's a joke, okay? Uh, 15 hours of, of college, 15 hours a week should not be $80,000. It just shouldn't be. Uh, I don't remember a thing I learned in college. Um, I, I just, it's, it's bonkers. I, I grew up in Canada, I went to McGill. It's considered the best school in Canada. I think I paid 1500 bucks a semester. And trust me, it was a way better education than even law school. Uh, I worked my tail off. Much, much harder than law school. So it doesn't need to be that way. Again, I'm not saying Canada's perfect because their, their medical system sucks um, and, and it's free. But you know, in that case, you get what you pay for, which is crap. Education, it was cheap, but it was superior. Because again, you have a professor, a teacher assistant with 300 kids in the class. Why should I be paying 80,000 bucks? Makes no sense for 15 hours a week. I'm in high school. My kids are in, in middle school. They go to school 40 hours a week and they're, they're at a private school and they pay quarter, if not half of, of 80,000 bucks. And they're getting a, 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 a more deep entrenched education than what you get in college, which you basically are just partying and drinking the whole time. So I don't know. Uh, I got an issue with that. If we're going to compete with China, uh, where, where they're pushing education, their, their kids are not playing video games or studying, 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 we're, we're going to have to support those kids and help our, our stars prosper or we're going to be in trouble. They're going to eat us for lunch. So there, that's my ramble on. Uh, but otherwise, just <coughs> going back to year-end tax planning, um, the big stuff, again, um, I would say for 1231, consider going solo if you're self-employed. Backdoor Roth IRA could be your last chance. If you're self-employed, get the solo in, do the mega backdoor Roth 401k if you're a Roth lover. If you have to take RMDs, get them done by 1231. The last thing I forgot to talk about, Roth conversions, okay? This was what I want to end on. Uh, they got to be done by 1231 for the 2021 taxable year. <coughs> Excuse me. What are some things to keep in mind? Number one, you got to be able to pay the tax on the conversion. So make sure you can pay the tax. Conversions sound great, right? Go pre-tax to Roth, pay the tax. Number two, taxes, ordinary income, right? It's on your 1040. So if you have losses that offset the tax, great. The other thing to consider is your age. Younger, the more advantageous a conversion is. Next thing to think about is what you think your income level will be when you hit 72. If you think you're going to be a low income because you're going to be retired, playing golf, sailing around the world, then maybe conversion doesn't have as much power because your income tax rate will be low after 72. But if you expect to have a lot of income, passive income, active, uh, doing deals, then Roth conversions may have more power. Um, next thing, obviously, is what you're going to invest in. If you think your investments are going to hit home runs, Roth conversions have more value if then you're doing an annuity and you're getting 3% a year, which in that case, you know, isn't as 
um, delicious or tasteful than um, ordinary income where you're just getting three or four percent. You know, the upside isn't as um, interesting as just doing uh, as, as investing in a private equity fund or a startup or a crypto uh, where, where the upside is, is obviously much higher. Um, other than to consider is uh, government, right? Before the Ways and Means Tax Act, before the Build Back Better Act, I didn't think in a million years that Roth IRAs would ever be under attack, but we see they're under attack now, even though it, the, the teeth of the Ways and Means Bill, um, you know, that bite has been um, somewhat restricted because the cap is now not just on Roths, but it's on all retirement accounts. Uh, but again, they're, they're seeking to limit conversions, but doesn't start until 2031. So you still technically have 10 years to do conversions if you have an income threshold above 450000 bucks. So um, conversions could be under attack, even though they bring in a lot of cash to treasuries. Um, so just something to keep in mind uh, in the back of your head. You need to be thinking, hey, could the government change the rules on me again? Uh, we saw what happened this year. They just kind of changed the rules. They started capping Ross. They wanted to do different stuff. Yeah, it didn't get passed, or at least the, the cap is not getting passed until 2028, which hopefully uh, another administration will just um, bite off and and will never come to fruition. But it is something to consider is, hey, can a future administration just change the rules on us and say, hey, you got to pay tax on Roth conversions or uh, not Roth conversions or Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, right? Initially, the way the Ways and Means tax bill was drafted is that if you had a $10 million plus IRA or Roth IRA and you're under 59 and a half, they were going to make you take forced distributions subject to tax, no penalties, but tax which is totally unfair, right? It's like changing the game. You're, you're dry. It's a football game. You're in the fourth quarter. There's two minutes left. And the ref says, eh, sorry, it's 20 seconds left now. We're just taking you know, the rest of the time off the clock. And you know what? Instead of four downs, we'll just make it two downs. Can't do it. Not fair. But hey, Congress did it, right? Thankfully, um, you know, the uh, more moderate Dems and the Senate fought back and basically said, this, this doesn't make sense. This isn't right. Let's push it out. And they did. But still leaves bad taste in our mouth to the extent that this is possible. So yeah, Roth conversions, I've been a big Roth lover. I've converted <coughs> most of my retirement funds to Roth. I've written a book on the Roth. But honestly, I've had some second thoughts. I've talked to a bunch of friends, family, and clients over the last three to six weeks. And I, I've always been like pro-conversion, especially if you if you feel like you're going to hit a home run. Lately, I've told a lot of people, hey, let's see how this plays out. Um, at least with pre-tax, you still have a tax deduction if you make contributions. But when you're doing a conversion, you're giving Uncle Sam the money up front. Now, what happens if they change the rules in you five, seven, 15 years? What happened? You just pay tax up front to Uncle Sam, and now they're going to force you to uh, potentially uh, walk away from some of the, the fruitful Roth benefits of tax-free distributions over 59 and a half. Um, we don't know what will happen in the future, but they've set the groundwork for, um, you know, a, a potential, um, you know, tsunami of, of outreach uh, or overreach by uh, administrations on your Roth IRA. So again, I'm not sure <coughs> what administration will do this in the future, but again, it almost happened here. It could happen in the future. So think twice, maybe before you give Uncle Sam tax up front for the future benefit of a Roth hey, who's to say a future administration doesn't strip your Roth IRA of that benefit? I hope it never happens again, but 
uh, again, the groundwork was set. And once it's set, table set, it's hard to, uh, you know, it's like the, the presence on, uh, presence unwrapped. Once it's unwrapped, it's hard to put it kind of back together. Um, same with this. They've unwrapped that potential and now, uh, it's, it's, it's there, right? It always is a potential option. So, um, other than that, um, talk to your tax advisors. If you feel like you have enough deductions to go itemized and you'll go itemize the charity is a big win where you can go up to hundred percent of your AGI. Um, <coughs> obviously if you have a mortgage, the mortgage interest deduction, the more, if you, um, are paying mortgage insurance, that's deductible. Um, the um, RMDs you got to do by 1231. You can, if you're over 72, you can do up to 100,000 bucks in your retirement account to a charity to satisfy the RMD. So that's another little cool wrinkle, but you got to be over 72 to take advantage of that. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, look into like the expanded child tax credit or medical expenses. Um, and then the self employed healthcare. I'm sure if you're self employed, your accountant's telling you about deducting the premium. So, Harvesting losses is the last thing to really consider. You got a couple weeks left. If you have some gains and you have some crappy positions now, offset them. But generally, any loss, use the $3,000 at least. I mean, get a capital loss of 3,000 bucks. You can use that to offset um, ordinary income. So it's they're giving you a $3,000 deduction free of charge. So so everyone should be taking it. Um, you just need to have a loss. And I'm assuming um, you know, you have at least one crappy position that you can unload and then you may have to wait 30 days to buy it back, but who cares? You, you'll get that $3,000 offset on your ordinary income. So there you go. I'd say pretty full, uh, podcast episode. Um, I'm doing an Adam, um, talks on this as well. So probably it's kind of going to be very similar, but at least you get to look at me if you want to see my face and you can ask me questions, which is also cool. So, um, <clears throat> if you're listening to this before Wednesday, 12 Eastern, um, jump on our YouTube, check out our YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe. You'll get notified when I go live, which is once a week. You can ask questions and interact with me and it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Uh, I think most people do as well. Um, other than that, um, thanks for listening. I want to wish everyone again, happy holidays. Um, I hope you get to spend a lot of time with your loved ones and, and be together. This is a better holiday season. Than the last one, um, to share more time in person with our loved ones. So uh, be safe, be healthy, and uh, have a great holiday season. And don't forget, you still have time to uh, maximize your year-end benefits and tax planning strategies and um, get it done. Save, save taxes. You still can do it. We all can do it. So uh, talk to your tax advisor. Don't um, delay. Don't procrastinate and uh, get it done. Other than that, I will talk to everyone again next week. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Thanks.